Hey guys, I'm Alex Agron, and this is the Private Equity Technology Podcast. Hey, welcome back to the Private Equity Technology Podcast. I'm Alex Agron here with co-host Lisa Weaver-Lambert. Today, we are welcoming in Anders Tulin, head of Triton Partners Digital and Technology Practice. Triton is the big European private equity firm based in Frankfurt, London, and Stockholm. Anders is here today to talk to us about how Triton has made the leap and really made it quite a, a bit ago to focus on the impact that technology can have in their portfolio companies. Anders, welcome to the podcast. Thanks a lot, Alex. Uh, nice to meet you and Lisa. Thanks. Tell us, uh, just give us the uh, one minute background on on you and uh, maybe uh, include in there Triton. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm leading the digital tech team here at Triton and, and done that for almost eight years. Uh, before that, I've been at uh, the tech company Ericsson. And before that, I was at uh, McKinsey, also working with uh, tech and, and business transformation. Based in Stockholm, uh, living in, on a farm with my uh, wife here, uh, quite non-tech, but uh, the tech and digital has been the red thread of my career so far. And Triton, to just tell, tell everybody about Triton for those that aren't familiar with, uh, with the firm. So Triton is a project with the firm with uh, about 18 billion uh, Euro asset under management. Uh, we, we have uh, four sectors. It's the industrials and technologies, the business services, healthcare, and consumer. And uh, as you notice, then we don't have a TMT sector. And that is one reason that we started the digital and tech practice eight years back. Uh, We invest in uh, uh, companies uh, in those four sectors, obviously. And I would say that uh, historically, it has been, you know, uh, we've been very strong in the industrials, for example, you know, industrials carve-outs and uh, business services installations companies and so forth. And uh, now we very much look into how to also continue to be the leader when it comes to investing in industrial technology companies, investing in business services and software companies. And, and really looking at companies that we can uh, transform from being very strong in the brick and mortar world to also be very strong in the digital world. Great. And for those that uh, are just listening, haven't listened historically to the podcast, one of the things we focus on are private equity firms that are, that are leveraging technology in non-software businesses. Uh, that seems to be a, a real big lever for private equity firms to be able to pull. And when we started four years ago, talk four and a half years ago talking about this, there weren't a lot of private equity firms at all in that non-software space focused on technology. Triton, having been focusing it on for the last eight years, uh, was one of those, call it a pioneer almost, that, that recognized the opportunity. Anders, will you talk to us about that journey on, on how Triton decided to really focus on how technology could be a lever in its portfolio companies, as you mentioned, eight years ago? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it started with that, that uh, you know, the, the, the whole team of Triton saw that, you know, it's pretty obvious that, you know, uh, all industries over time 
uh, will really have fundamental impact from from technology. And uh, some some of the industries, I mean, eight years ago was more than obvious in in for example in the whole consumer space. But but uh, actually there were quite a few industries and verticals then that have not really gone through fundamentally leveraging technology. Um, but uh, the discussion then was how can we actually capitalize on this and, and really make sure that we are as an investor leading edge when it comes to understanding when we're looking at a company, if there are you know, uh, tailwinds or headwinds in that particular sector for that company, and if the company in itself is uh, really someone that could be transforming into a leader in that technology shift in in that uh, specific industry, and to be, be to be concrete, and one example is that we've been investing in in healthcare companies for for many many years successfully, uh, but I think everybody can see that you know the whole healthcare industry has during the last. Four to eight years transformed quite remarkably when it comes to leveraging technology, both when it comes to creating, you know, I would call it, uh, you know, patient-centric workflows, uh, but also using AI and machine learning, uh, for example, for triage, uh, but also just improving, you know, the the working environment for for nurses and doctors. Um, so, so we basically invested. How can we, when we look at healthcare companies, how can we make sure that we understand we're investing in the healthcare companies that actually are set for you know, being a leader in that transformation? And how can we also support the companies in this transition and transformation over the years? And, and then when we see that's working, we, we believe we also can use that as a, in a way, recurring theme. So just look in the healthcare space, we, we invested in more than over the years, um, you know, if you take all the different type of healthcare companies, over six companies, where we basically have a similar theme uh, that is leveraging digital and technology uh, in to be not only a physical leader, but as a digital physical leader in the healthcare space. So that's the way we've been thinking about it. And Anders, it sounds like you've been heavily involved in the diligence process. I'd be really interested to understand how you've organized the digital and technology practice at Triton to be involved in the whole digital process and how that 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 gets executed and flows through to value creation. Um, absolutely. And I think it actually links back a little bit to the question that, you know, when when the whole team saw that digital and technology is not something that is in addition to what we're doing, it should be part of what we're doing in the four sectors then it was also, I think, quite uh, obvious that we also need to look through the whole investment cycle, you know, from origination, DD, uh, and then the ownership period and value creation. We call it building a high quality business and then through exit, right? And, and therefore, uh, when we set up the digital team, we, we did it with the purpose to actually be part of the deal team work early on to be able to really understand, as I said before, do we believe that this sector, subsector, has a tailwind or a potential headwind? And uh, do we believe that the, the company, the target we're looking at, uh, is um, sufficiently mature in, in the space to actually be someone that can take on this uh, trans, trans, transformation? Or, or might it be so that you know the gaps are too big? So therefore, 
we basically have a a small team, but a team that is working hand in hand with the with the deep teams. Uh, in the beginning, for eight years back, it was for quite a few uh, DDs, and actually today it's for all DDs. We we have that you know the the tech DD and the digital DD as mandatory for all all uh, due diligence we are doing today. Um, and, and then, of course, it also means uh, how we organize, but I can come back to that later. But, but clearly, you know, the whole, uh, the whole, you know, I would say um, the, the transformation actually starts in, in the deed is part of the investment thesis. And what, what challenges did you have to mobilize into the deal work um, if if any, and uh, you know, I'm just thinking about different structures that I've come across where the digital team sits separate to the deal team, it sits separate even to the value creation team, or those components actually feed up into the deal team. So what were the challenges that you had and how did you organize to, to overcome them? I mean, first of all, I think we, I think we also had our fair share of challenges. But I actually would start with saying that, you know, um, from the beginning, the the whole senior team, uh, uh, and and beyond that, basically said this is this is really important, and this is not a sidekick thing. This is part of our core value creation, and therefore, uh, you know, it it was easier to 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 kind of get this uh, way of working where we actually then got involved early on, and particularly with you know some of the colleagues. It was it was very easy, and and you know we as a team got you know really close quickly. Then we also have had you know our fair share of people saying and thinking this is very important, um, but maybe not for this situation um, for the following reasons. And and you know yes, super important digital and tech, but we have other issues right now, you know, and 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 so forth. So I think it has been a process where I think people have um, seen uh, over time that is actually adding value and that is actually part uh, of the investment thesis. And that is that is really important, both when it comes to deciding when to invest and also potentially deciding when not to invest. So I think, I think it's very much shown by example. So that's one, one thing. The other thing is that Yes, we have we have a dedicated team because we believe that in a way you need a critical mass of people actually have done it, seen it, and 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 really done true, you know, um, uh, digital and tech transformation combination of people who done it in in line positions and and as consultants and 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 also supporting investing uh, in the in their past experience. So you need a, a, a team. Um, on the on the other hand, we we explicitly said this digital practice is really going across all the sectors, and it's working with all the sectors. And we also saying that you know we're part of the deal teams and and we have the governance that we very important for for Triton, where we have a deal captain that is really driving the whole uh, investment thesis and the process. In the DD phase, and and when we actually buy a company, that deal captain continues to have, you know, the leadership from an ownership perspective, and and we are part of that governance. We don't try to kind of 
come in from the side, uh, we really respect and believe in this uh, in this governance. The same thing when we actually work with PCs, we can come back to that. But we very much believe, you know, in the governance of having, you know, a a a management team with a with a CEO and 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 a board. So when we support the uh, the portfolio companies in their transformation, we do through the management and through the board and through the organization uh, rather than you know coming with something on top or on the side. So it, it has been, I think, a combination of just yes, people being very welcoming, but also we have an approach that is very much about you know being integrated and not try to be you know a a team that is uh, uh, trying to outsmart. Uh, the deal teams or or the portfolio companies. Great. Can we talk about the just the the makeup of the team itself? How do you structure it? Who's involved? Absolutely. We we actually have a um, a I would say you know a a um, dynamic uh, team in the sense that we have a core team that uh, is is uh, for for uh, professionals. And uh, uh, that team is really the one driving, you know, you know, uh, looking at, you know, the the deals coming in and and talking about how to support them with whom, etc. Uh, but then we have a very important extended team, which is basically people uh, from the sectors that have uh, interest and, and competence in tech and uh, and digital who who uh, are not working full time um, as the core team is, is doing but but are working a lot on deals that have uh, a high degree of technology uh, uh, as part of the investment thesis so so that extended team is a way to really integrate uh, with the sectors some some of them are operating partners with a very strong spike in tech and and digital and and some of them are investment professionals also with with that interest and spike and and then we have actually a third layer, which is uh, we have uh, digital sponsors in all the portfolio companies. Those those are sometimes the CDO, sometimes it's the head of marketing for for companies where you know the CMO is is driving the the whole digital go to market and and very important part. Sometimes it's the COO. It really depends. Um, but the the point is that that uh, we have a network. Of um, we have uh, in our portfolio way way more than forty five uh, portfolio companies, and we have actually a network of very strong uh, digital leaders. And uh, of course, their main task is to work with the f- portfolio company. But we have we believe in sharing. We believe in sharing between people who actually done something and have real hands on experience. So we have events where we have those uh, companies. Sharing, you know, uh, experience that you think is relevant to share, and and th- th- those events are are typically very appreciated. Um, it's it's a way for people to learn, but also to network. And so those are the three levels in in the team. We have a fourth one, just to mention, which I also think is quite important. We we talk about you know partners when it comes to to doing DDs, but also in transformation. There are a lot of companies working in this space, ranging from consultants to, to tech individuals. But we believe in having, you know, a, a preferred type of partner network around this. And we also then leverage our own tech companies. So we own a company called HiQ, which is an IT services company. And we, we use them a lot for tech DD. We have a company, Swiss IT Sits, 
that, uh, that that's what know. I was just going to ask. That's that that's what I was just going to ask. Like how how and we might go down this rabbit hole a little bit. I think it's worth it. So high Q as an example was that purchased with the idea in mind that you 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 would leverage it across the portfolio companies. Where I was going to go with my next question was was at what point do you have a team of software developers that are servicing your portfolio companies or IT services. I don't know if HiQ is doing software, but more, you know, the network infrastructure, security type stuff. Uh, can you talk to us about that? Was that a conscious decision to say, hey, we, if we we buy one of these, we can leverage it across the, the organization? Uh, yes, but the first uh, point is, of course, that we believe that this is an attractive investment in itself. But uh, in addition, because you that, because you can get a bunch of business across all your portfolio companies, right? It makes yeah, sense. Well, <laughs> it's actually very it's a very good question, and and yeah. and um, the, the answer is yes. But but I'm saying but because we we have a few considerations we think are important. First of all, you know the investment has to stand on its own feet, right? Secondly, when we say we would like to leverage a company uh, across the portfolio, that, that we truly think we, we should. And that, that was also part of the idea when it comes to both uh, Swiss IT and Highcube and, uh, and other companies, by the way. Uh, however, we also, as I said before, truly believe that it's the management and the board for each individual portfolio that actually is responsible uh, to drive you know, the strategy execution and the transformation of that portfolio company, if they need a partner that is not part of our partner network or is not HiQ or sits uh, on cyber uh, services, then then they have to basically go for the partners they believe is is the one, the right one for them. However, we have seen that, you know, when we connect people and when we open up doors, we, we see that typically... Uh, it's it's a you know it's a natural evolution that the portfolio companies like to work with the with their sister companies, uh, and and therefore it's it's an evolution that has been quite good. Uh, but we don't want to force it. We really see it more as a, an enabler. Uh, we we enable it. We connect them, uh, and that seems to work. And um, back on your point about you know do we have a dedicated you know development team sitting within. Uh, I uh, sitting within Triton to doing you know um, digital development and tech development for for uh, the portfolio company. We we do not have that. We do our own um, uh, development within Triton. Um, that's not I think the topic of today. But we have basically a third man beyond the DDs and and uh, the PC transformation, which is also tr- transformed Triton into becoming more digital when it comes to investing. Yeah, the the nature of the question. The nature of the question was, I think, as you you got it, which is, do at some point is do do does high Q and I, I can't remember what you said. Is it sits? Is that what you yeah, call it? Yeah, Swiss uh, IT, which is a cybersecurity services company. Got it. Yeah. At what point? I, I'm curious where if the market ultimately gets there. I know some of the big software focused private equity firms. They have their own tech. They have their own software teams that are leveraged as part of helping out some of the portfolio companies. Uh, do, do you think you ever get there or do you think it, it kind of continues on with the, the way that you guys have implemented it thus far, which is having a high queue and a sits as part of your portfolio. And maybe at all times when it's time for high queue to move on, you find another one, you find another high queue to, to embed in. Yeah, it's, it's a, um, 
it's an interesting question. Uh, our philosophy so far is that it's a very different business to be a good uh, leading edge private equity firm uh, versus being, you know, a leading edge uh, tech company and and a, a, a software development company. So we believe that we should rather leverage HiQ and the Swiss IT uh, across the portfolio, which we do today. Um, I mean, now HiQ are working with our portfolio companies. Swiss IT is working with across our portfolio companies, and but by the way, working with Triton when it comes to DD and when it comes to cyber. Uh, so we're doing that today. We can do more of it. Uh, but for us to develop our own, um, you know, uh, I would say devil's team, etc., we decided not to because we think that's a different business. Now, having said that, we actually have on the machine learning and AI, we have a small team within the digital team, which, uh, which is uh, a, a uh, uh, I would say, a, a very small team that is doing, I would say, leading edge uh, machine learning related to how we can do better origination and also automate DD. They also, in some instances, support the portfolio companies because uh, um, they have a great network of uh, machine learning partners, AI partners. They know how to get started. They know many different use cases that are relevant for our portfolio companies. So we leverage that team. But again, we don't think that Triton is a kind of an AI machine learning company. We rather have those competences to be able to uh, use a network or third-party provider in the best and most efficient way. And then we think we need some in-house competence to be able to do that. So if we go back um, to the model that you described, because it's a really interesting scaling approach from the core, which you described as a dynamic team of four professionals looking at the deals coming in. And now you've talked about a sort of mini squad or pod of data analytics professionals as well. What What's the makeup of your core team? Um, and how are they then working with this extended team? How, is, how does it bridge into building the extended team, the digital sponsors and the consultants and the, and the, and the sort of um, drive of portfolio technology usage across your portfolio? Yeah, so so basically, I would say that we, all four of us in this small core team, uh, and we think about ourselves as a little bit of T-shape. I think we need to be orchestrator. That's the top of the T where you need to be somewhat broader to understand really, you know, the business fundamentals, the investment thesis, the value creation thesis, and um, in a broader context and just, tech and digital, but you need also, we believe that you need also to have Spike and uh, all of us should have, we think, a at least one technology Spike and also a sector Spike. So we try already within this small core team, we, we, we try and we actually do now divide ourselves across uh, the sectors and also for the invest- different uh, DDs in a way that will leverage you know, our internal competence in the best possible way. Now. Having said that, we then have this analytics team that is, um, in, a, in addition then to uh, two specialists, who then work with uh, uh, this uh, core team. I would say now that uh, we actually are 
six in the core team because they are part of the core team. That's how it uh, is evolved in reality, which is great. And um, they work uh, together with the, the person in, in, in the team who's lead from a digital perspective on doing, you know, analytics. For example, it can be we, we have analytics around, you know, uh, being faster and quicker to do uh, pre-DD. We have uh, machine learning around finding targets for add-ons that uh, is much faster than the, the normal way of doing it. And we also have a lot of tools around doing, you know, the whole DD process faster and more efficient. But but um, uh, then uh, each person who is then a lead for a, a DD in the digital team is then drawing in, you know, the extended team. So typically you would normally see that. I mean, for example, when I have recently done uh, um, work with, with uh, some of the DDs, uh, DD teams and, and deal teams myself, typically uh, I work very closely with the operating partner uh, in that sector, um, I have a colleague in in the in, in the healthcare sector who has worked in the healthcare space his whole professional life, but he is also very uh, uh, skilled when it comes to tech and, and digital in the healthcare space. And he and I work on several deals together and and portfolio situations. And the same goes for the rest of the team, the digital team. They they team up. With extended with one extended team members based on the situation, so it's basically you know one by one we look at the deals where what type of team doesn't make sense to leverage. Then when it comes to the portfolio teams, it's it's very interesting. I just looked at at at, at the interesting investment opportunity where we we and we always bring in external experts. But it was very obvious we should leverage uh, our some of our um, uh, portfolio companies in terms of their competence and then then uh, that was then one of the uh, people that have been part of 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 uh, uh, you know a portfolio company for for many years that actually could come in and and uh, with their experience contribute a lot to a new investment case which was a combination of industry experience uh, she had but also with the tech and digital angle and and that is I think a very very good model we we can get not only recurring investment themes, but we can, in a way, also leverage our competence into, you know, thinking about recurring uh, investments because we we have people then that built up a competence that can easily be leveraged when we go into the next type of investment in the same area. And Anders, you've you've referred sort of indirectly to programmatic solutions that you've built up because you've talked about doing the DD process faster and quicker using AI for a better identification of M&A targets. Can you just talk into these programmatic approaches that you've spotted and found useful to drive through in your team? Uh, absolutely. I think programmatic approaches is at many different levels. And I think one shouldn't forget, maybe it's not so, maybe... People don't think it's so fancy, but uh, one shouldn't forget what we call, uh, you know, foundation lighty. We we have we have basically a, an approach where we look at, you know, what are the core basic IT functionality of a company, and that is something we basically look at for all DDs. And and when we look at, uh, you know, the the company we bought, we also look at how do we ensure that the fun foundational IT is in place. That includes 
having you know a modern cloud stack that includes having you know a cyber that is really uh, uh, up to snuff uh, and and that includes also of course you know a a team uh, at portfolio company that could execute on this uh, in a good way um, so so and we call it basically you know foundational IT that that is one thing that is very, very, and there we have basically service lines. So we have a service line for cyber. How do you actually do a cyber assessment in a DED, and how do you how do you leverage that comp knowledge also when you actually have bought the company? Uh, and that's we even have a not only service line, we also have you know a special network for all the CISOs across all our portfolio companies who could share competence and experience in that area. So that that's. That's an example of how we have, you know, a, a method. But but then there are other areas that are more transformative. Um, take take for example, you know, the the whole area of uh, what we call smart buildings. And, and I think uh, most people would would you know know that what's happening in the whole uh, building uh, uh, vertical is that uh, yes, of course, you know, the the brick and mortar is still important. But really, uh, what's what's driving value, and and also uh, environmental environmental impact is actually how smart the house is. Uh, for example, when it comes to BMS uh, um, building management uh, solutions, um, we all know that you know very large part of of uh, uh, of the cost, but also the the uh, CO two footprint uh, is coming from energy. Uh, how you optimize energy and and with with the right bms solutions you you uh, you can change that dramatically so we we have been in the whole building construction installation industry as an investor many many years and we we own a company very, very successful installation company uh, up in the nordics for many years and and they have done you know add-ons in the same space but they also have now invested in a leading edge uh, bms company so suddenly they're actually taking one step um, further into the value chain where we see both growth opportunities and higher margins and also a way to be more relevant uh, when it comes to installing things. It's not, it's not installing, you know, just the HVAC and, and, and plumbing and uh, electric um, uh, utility parts. It's really uh, also having, you know, the, the, the brain and, and actually could offer solutions uh, for example, as, as a BMS, and and um, I'm I can probably I'm probably going to talk, go, talk too long, but just to make clear that when we think about smart building, that's just one piece of it. Another piece of a smart building is, of course, a, a safe building, and and there also it has been a tremendous development. And we're investing in a access security company that that is 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 definitely working in the in the whole space of a smart safe building. And, and a safe uh, workplace. Um, and uh, uh, there also we have invested in uh, you know, more advanced ways to actually be leading edge when it comes to how do you actually become a leading vendor uh, OEM and service provider and software and hardware provider in, for safe uh, workplaces. And, th and that, that, that's a quite sizable investment we've done uh, more than a year ago. So we basically have recurring themes and, and we then build competences 
over time in, in those recurring investment themes. And then we also have an idea actually how to drive value. And one of them being smart building. And it sounds like, Anders, that um, you've also got some recurring themes in the application of advanced analytics as well, uh, because you said that you had a number of use cases that you roll roll out. Would you be able to talk into those and what you've seen works best, especially in these businesses that are not software and are more traditional and, and being you know going through that transformation phase? Absolutely. First of all, uh, I, I just would like to make clear that we feel that we are very much in the beginning. There's so much more to do, but uh, we we um, we have this team I, I mentioned before, a small team of machine learning and analytics experts. But more importantly, we also encourage you know the the deal teams and, and boards and and the portfolio companies to invest in this area. But of course, I think. There are a lot of examples where companies investing in machine learning and AI and, and generate a lot of cost and, and, and not that much benefit. So a lot about this is really to understand where do you invest and how do you invest it. And, and one area where I've seen you know, a, a general theme that goes across is to, to set up, uh, you know, uh, uh, I would say... Um, you could call the MVP, or whatever, but it's it's really relatively low effort trials around analytics for quite obvious use cases. One one is, for example, being pricing and yield management. Um, we we seen that, uh, for example, we were in the travel industry, and I think everybody being in the travel travel industry knows that you no know, price yield management is extremely important value lever. And there, uh, our portfolio company there, they have uh, set up a team uh, with AI and machine learning specialists, and, and uh, we have worked together with them uh, and, and seen how they can really have uh, real attractive use cases around that. And build, based on that, they, they build that further. They have shared their knowledge across other portfolio companies. Um, I already mentioned that if you look at smart products, um, um, that that is obviously uh, also leveraging machine learning for for uh, predictive analytics. So that's that's another theme uh, within uh, machine learning that we believe is is relevant across many portfolio companies. And then it's then it's also about how do you actually go about it? Because from I don't believe it's like um, uh, you know you you cannot take you know learning from doing you know pragmatic value adding machine learning. Uh, from one industry to another, it's, it's that it's that is only traveling within the vertical or industry. I believe very much you can take experience how to do this across different industries and vertical, uh, which is more about you know how do you actually think about setting up the team? How do you think about leveraging partners? So you don't build up too many internal resources. Uh, uh, how how do you actually start this more uh, in in a way that you don't burn. Uh, too much money before you really know that you're focusing on the right use cases and 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 so forth. Um, and and another aspect has been also to to leverage it internally, as I mentioned before, because we believe that you know um, asking our portfolio companies to doing things, we actually should be also leveraging this within Triton 
Um, and and therefore we we seen the opportunity to to use it as a way to just make you know the core business more effective. And Anders, does your team sit on the boards of the port codes, and is it involved in the investment committee? Uh, so we are sitting in a few boards, but that is not really by design. It has been situation where it made sense. We try to make sure that we are fully integrated with the deal team and with the leadership of portfolio company without uh, the need to sit at the board. And that that is um, sometimes challenging, uh, to be honest, and sometimes it's working really well. You need to find ways to do that because the second you're not really into the uh, the flow of what's happening with the company uh, through a board or 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 uh, in the you know in 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 another way you you actually lose the ability to really add value. The 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 way we try to do it is, for example, that um, uh, I have uh, I'm working quite closely and my colleagues are working quite quite closely with portfolio companies where we have a uh, a small part of the. Uh, the board meetings is about tech and, and, and digital, and then we join. Uh, we have uh, tech and digital uh, committees. It's not that we're big fans of committee, but sometimes you write, write, you need to gather the key management of a portfolio company and say that we need to make a major lift here, and they think it makes sense. They get the people internally, and then one of us join that. Uh, so we have different ways to make sure that we can add value uh, without having the need to to sit in in boards, because that is then that would take away too much time uh, from the real work. So we're trying to find this balance. I, I think we have um, um, we have uh, not find the perfect model, but I think we 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 can show that uh, you know it's not necessary to be in the board to actually add value hands on to the portfolio companies. Anders, and thinking about your trajectory now over the next three years and your T-shaped model, et cetera, where, where do you see your team evolving? Um, where are the plays that you're making? Yeah, uh, good question. I, I, I think, uh, uh, I believe we should continue to be even sharper when it comes to the whole area of uh, analytics and machine learning. We need to continue to strengthen that. Then uh, uh, we, we, we also would like to uh, find a way to even be even more closely integrated to the sector. So we're right now actually hiring uh, what we call the sector-dedicated uh, digital people, operating partners. They will be part of uh, the digital team, but they will be dedicated for a sector. So that's, that's kind of a, a way to strengthen the team without... Uh, getting uh, a too big team that is outside the sectors. We very much focus on on being, you know, lined with the sectors. So th- those are two examples where we, you know, uh, where we're heading on for it. And another third area is that uh, we we are also trying to contribute more and more into thinking ahead. Uh, where where is uh, the industry and sectors? Heading and subsectors, and and um, that you know the whole origination and thinking forward is is clearly you know the responsibility of a sector, 
But there are themes that goes across. Themes that uh, uh, have uh, quite a big impact across. And, and one we talked about, which is, I think, machine learning and analytics and AI. But there are other themes that really uh, have impact across all sectors. And there, we are also looking at strengthening you know, the team so we, we, we have the ability to, in a good way, complement the sectors and in their deal source and ordination. They, they do more and more, we do more and more thematic investments, right? And, and then to pick up, you know, uh, the, 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 the new themes that will have impact in the future. And, and I mean, I would say that if you look at, you know, quantum computing and blockchain and all of that, you know, a number of years back, you will say this is interesting, but it's maybe not so important for a private equity firm. And if you take blockchain today, there are, there are uh, applications where clearly it's, you, you have to understand that uh, as a private equity investor. So some of those uh, themes that was more, you know, future, uh, but a little bit too much future oriented are now becoming vital. So that's the third area. We would like to extend the, you know, the spikes when it comes to uh, tech themes that we believe are important for, for uh, being a good and, and um, a leading edge uh, tech with the firms in the future. So those, 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 this is where we're heading, but we, we are also um, really um, trying to avoid to, to, to build a too big team because the way we think about it is in the end is really the total level of you know tech and digital insight and companies across Triton, across the sectors and across the portfolio companies that really will move the needle. Thanks so much, Anders. And where can we learn more about you or get connected to you? Uh, I'm on, uh, yeah, I'm on different. LinkedIn uh, is the, probably the easiest one where you can find me under, you know, Andrews Tulin and, and Triton Partners. Uh, I'm happy to, happy to connect uh, people with the share similar, uh, the, 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 the passion and, and simulations opportunities. Thanks, Anders. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Private Equity Technology Podcast. Please support the production of this podcast by subscribing in iTunes and leaving a review. If you want to reach out with any questions or comments, you can get me at alexagran at gmail.com. That's A-L-E-X-A-G-R-A-N.com.